And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. The refurbishment and the renovation of the studio continues. We finally got that corner put together there. That lamp there in the corner belonged to my great-grandfather who fought in the Spanish-American War. All right, folks, here we go. Um, <laughs> I could be I could be causing all sorts of problems with this topic, but we're, I had my Cocoa Puffs. I'm ready to go. All right, we are live from the bunker. Welcome, everybody. Yes, it's how I charge my lantern ring. Yeah. So uh, here, this is, this is something... This is something that uh, keeps cropping up. So we're just going to take the plunge and talk about it and see what happens. My name is Jason Hunter, the editor here at Sci-Fi For Me, which concentrates on science fiction, fantasy, and horror. And uh, this is something, those of you who are with, with us live here, and we're having some connection issues over on Odyssey, I'm not sure. It keeps trying to reconnect, so I'm hoping maybe they, they pop over here. But we're live on YouTube. <clears throat> Those of you who are with us live, there are some of you that are that are in the chat regular and do you know y'all have your your things that you say and you share your thoughts and you ask your questions and whatnot. But I I want to make very clear that uh, I would like feedback from additional everybody else. I know I'm going to get feedback from my regulars here. Sci-Fi Snobs there, Mattoween, Keeley, MS. I see all you guys in there. Cam's going to be here probably later. Death Angel Shadow. The regulars, I can count on the regulars to say stuff. To give me feedback. Those of you who do not normally give me feedback, I want to make sure, make very clear, I am craving feedback on this topic. So if you're listening to this show as a podcast on various different podcast platforms, or if you're watching this in replay, I want your thoughts as well. Whether it's on the Discord server or on uh, email, live from the bunker at sci-fi-for-me.com. <coughs> Excuse me. Social media, I mean, whatever. Because this is something that keeps coming up. And so I'm just gonna we're just gonna bite the bullet and we're gonna talk about it. First of all, let me give a shout out to people who do listen to us on the radio, the Sci-Fi for Me Radio. We got people all over Europe right now. We got Canada, U.S. Uh, we've had people in Australia, New Zealand in the past. And hopefully, we'll see some of that crop up on the map again. Poland, Spain, Germany, France. <laughs> And yes, Cam, you did hear your name. 
Let's do a couple of follow-up things really quick, though, uh, just just in passing, uh, just, to, just to make sure that keep, we keep up to speed on everything. This is Variety headline uh, today. Hogwarts Legacy tops 267 million hours played. Fan interest surpasses Fantastic Beasts. Uh, this is Jennifer Moss in Variety. After struggling to recreate the magic of, Harry, of the Harry Potter film franchise with the lackluster spinoff trilogy Fantastic Beasts, Warner Brothers has finally struck galleons anew with its latest piece of Wizarding World IP, the video game Hogwarts Legacy. The action role-playing game produced by Warner Brothers Games and Avalanche Software has clicked with Potterheads since its February 10th release. And I would say it's clicked with people who are not necessarily Potterheads either, as well, in addition to. Sales figures are yet to come, but it's clear from the buzz factor and other measures, including sales charts in Japan, the UK, and Europe, that fans are engaged. For one, the arrival of the game spurred the highest traffic in the Harry Potter community on fan platform fandom in more than seven years. The second highest traffic period for the Potter community on fandom in recent years was during the 2018 release of the second Fantastic Beast film. Hogwarts Legacy-driven page views bested that spike by 39% in just five days. So, um, I guess... I guess people are not listening... To the, to, the, to the activists crowd out there, the cry bullies and the keyboard warriors who are telling you that you shouldn't be playing this game. It appears that those admonitions are falling on deaf ears. As they should. All right. <laughs> Cam says they are listening. They're rejecting the lies. Yeah, I... Yeah, I think I think people are finally the, the okay. So there's a there's a couple of different crowds here. Uh, there's all of us who have been paying attention, and we've talked about this before. There's all of us who've been paying attention to all this culture war stuff, and then you have the normal people who are just figuring it out, and they're sitting there going, "Hang on, wait a minute. I just want to play a game. I just want to play a video game. I don't. I do." Uh, uh, I just want to watch a movie. I just want to watch a TV show. I just want to read this book. And it's those I just want to be left alone people that are starting to realize that they're not going to be left alone and they're going to have to start pushing back. And and I think we're starting to see some of that. Of course, I've said that before and it hasn't merely materialized the way I would hope. But we keep pushing back. We keep pushing back. And we see what happens. Uh, this in the Washington Examiner, Mark Judge, writing this morning, it's an opinion piece, the establishment's erasure of J.K. Rowling and other pulp fiction rebels is just the start. Last year, Esquire magazine published a list of the 50 best fantasy books of all time. Harry Potter wasn't on the list. I mean... It's not a great book. It had a, it had a cultural impact, but it's not a great book. None of them are. They're derivative. But 
they had a cultural impact that cannot be denied, even though they're not very good stories. <clears throat> Harry Potter wasn't on the list. Instead, sitting at the top was the fifth season by N.K. Jemison, a work of fantasy with analogs to the real-life history of slavery on Earth that won the 2016 Hugo Award for Best Novel. Uh, and I do believe N.K. Jemison won the Hugo, novel, uh, the Hugo Award three years in a row. Which is very unusual. But there are reasons. <clears throat> the genres of pulp fiction, or what is now called speculative fiction, that include hard-boiled crime, horror, fantasy, and science fiction, have often both challenged the conservative cultural values of a society and reinforced the idea of a clear battle of good versus evil. The field had true diversity, allowing plots that fought racism and questioned gender roles, such as in Star Trek, and writers who challenged cultural norms, including libertarian philosopher Robert Heinlein and crime-writing crime writing legend Mickey Spillane. Spillane, the subject of a new biography, wrote books including I, the Jury, and the anti-communist One Lonely Night. Spillane's books often feature a protagonist, usually private detective Mike Hammer, going to battle against immoral lowlifes. Hammer himself was not a saint, but as Spillane explained, sometimes his hero was the monster that crushed evil, thus making the way for good. It's no, other, no wonder Ayn Rand loved Spillane, so did the public. Spillane's books have sold more than 225 million copies. J.K. Rowling, the author behind the Harry Potter franchise, has also sold millions of books. Just as Spillane found himself an outsider to the literary establishment in the 1950s, Rowling has now been canceled by our cultural elites. Though the wider public continues to love her and her work, Rowling's dilemma points to an important problem within the creative industry. And here we go, because this, this is going to go back to all of the crap that happened with the Hugo Awards and everything that happened with comics, and everything happened with the whole The Last of Us kerfuffle and everything else. Even though fans and creators of speculative, fi speculative fiction are open to all kinds of different stories and characters, even conservative ones, the field is increasingly controlled by a woke elite. One of Rowling's defenders who is concerned with the left's intolerance is science fiction writer Brad Torgerson. To put Jemison ahead of Tolkien on the Esquire list while completely omitting J.K. Rowling is laughable, said Torgerson, whose book, A Star-Wheeled Sky, won the 2019 Dragon Award for Best Science Fiction Novel. He added, also, where are David Eddings, Tracy Hickman, and Stephen R. Donaldson? Leaving them off the list seems to be an act of willful ignorance. Another fantasy author, John C. Wright, was also critical of the list. Wright believes that much of fantasy and science fiction has been taken over by wokeness, which makes the gender and social justice awareness of the author and characters more important than plot and talent. Wright says many of the works of the Esquire list are newer authors who are being fated at the expense of the masters. And that goes into what we have been talking about with the rewriting of Roald Dahl. Because that's the next thing. We have to rewrite all of history. We have to rewrite the things that came before in order to match our current modern year sensibilities. And as, as we've seen, we've talked here, we talked to Richard Palinelli, and I've got to get him back on. We've talked to Declan Finn. There is a movement afoot in the publishing world 
called the Superversive Movement, which basically has this uh, this goal of telling stories that are good versus evil, black hat versus white hat, and there is hope at the end of the story. And we have heroes, and we have villains, and it's very much like the old days of Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers and Star Wars and King Arthur, where most of the time, your good guys are going to win. Because we need that escape. Because a lot of times, in reality, the good guys don't always win. Evil wins unless good is very, very, very smart and careful. Because a lot of times, evil is crafty and sneaky. And sometimes good is kind of stupid. Sci-Fi Snob says, I don't trust any sci-fi lists. Anyone who won a sci-fi award in the last 10 years, I just assume, is woke and avoided. Yeah. I see Stephanie. Uh, where's this article? This is in um, uh, this is WashingtonExaminer.com. Mark Judge published this morning. <coughs> so then we have talking about rewriting and erasure and whatnot. Then we have Kyle Brink coming in again. This is a clip. Uh, Bob's RPG Radio. He's he's done an interview <coughs> talking about D and D. And he says something. He says something here in this clip, and this is from a this is from a longer uh, a longer interview. But I'm going to play this clip because this goes back to kind of what he said about white people playing D and D. White men playing D and D. They can't get out of the game fast enough. Well, apparently, he's got some thoughts about the Dark Sun environment which came out i think during fourth edition i'm not sure i'm not familiar with dark sun but i'm just gonna i'm just gonna play this so you can hear what kyle brink says here this any potential that we would see a revision or or republishing of the dark sun setting ever so the ever is the operative word there um okay maybe forget the ever and let's just say in the this is, this is Kyle Brink, who is in charge of Dungeons & Dragons, who gave the apology tour and said, yeah, we rolled a one. And then he said, white people can't leave the game fast enough. That's, that's this Kyle Brink. Here we go. Next yeah. five years. So the, the, uh, I'll, be, I'll be frank here. The Dark Sun setting is problematic I in a lot yeah. of ways. Um, and yeah. that's the main reason we haven't come back to it. We know it's got a huge yeah. fan following. Um, and we have standards today that make it extraordinarily hard to be true to the source material yeah. and also meet our our ethical and yeah. inclusion standards. So, yeah, that's totally fair point. And I think that's already yeah. kind of the consensus. People, I think, just wanted to hear yeah. uh, somebody say it. Uh-huh. Um, we know uh-huh. there's love out there for it, and God, we would love to make those people happy, and also we've yeah. got to be responsible. Okay, so, uh, so there's a couple of tells here. <coughs> We know it's got a huge fan following. So, as a second edition, okay, thank you, Cam. We know it's got a huge fan following. We know that there's a customer base here, Kyle. 
And we have standards today that make it extraordinarily hard to be true to the source material and also meet our ethical and inclusion standards. Now, when I hear that from Kyle Brink, what I'm hearing is we haven't yet found a way to reimagine for the modern era. Those are the those are the those are the, the code words, right? We're going to reimagine for the modern era. We know there are people that are going to buy this, but we need to change it first. What a dumb take. What a what an absolutely stupid thing to say. We know we've got an audience for it. But we're going to move away from that audience and not not sell anything to these people because we got to change it first for the people who are not buying it anyway. Reimagined for the modern or era, reimagined for the modern audience for modern sensibilities is what gets us rewriting Roald Dahl. It's what gets politics injected into everything. And in that in that in that Washington Examiner piece, yes, they mentioned Star Trek and the social issues and whatnot. But Star, when they sit there and they say, "Well, Star Trek has always been political," the X Men have always been political. There's a difference between addressing social issues, racism, homophobia, narcissism. I mean, I take your pick. Any any social issue, homelessness, drug abuse. That's not political. There may be political discussions on how to approach dealing with those things. Those discussions might be rooted in politics, but the social issue, racism is bad. That's not a political statement. And yes, there were some episodes of Star Trek that were ham-fisted and over-the-top and in-your-face. I mean, let that be your last battlefield. You cannot get any more on the nose than that episode. But it's not one of the best episodes of Star Trek. As a matter of fact, it's generally among the worst ten. Let That Be Your Last Battlefield is not a good episode. (coughs) Because the message takes precedent over the story. And when you get that ham-fisted approach to whatever it is you're trying to do, it doesn't work. Not as effectively. MS says, Dark Sun is already woke. The magic users are conservatives who used all the world's resources and created climate change. (coughs) Yeah, Wolverine, you're right. You don't want us to ban problematic books. Fine, we'll edit them. It's for your own good. You'll thank us later. And that's where we get into the crux of the topic for today. And I know we're 20 minutes in. And this is this is not kind of been set up. This is all related. This is all of a piece because that's the problem here. Coming out of our discussion of Roald Dahl's situation, that, that rewriting situation, we keep coming back to this question. 
Because at the very beginning, the outset, the whole thing, everything from the very beginning, 2009 when this thing started, the focus has always been science fiction, fantasy, horror. Comic books, video games. We don't cover Madden video game. We don't cover, you know, hockey or, or any of those kind of video games. We cover the science fiction, fantasy, and horror video games. You know, Call of Duty. World of Warcraft. Minecraft, eh, maybe. But there are there are video games out there that we're not gonna that we're not gonna cover. Because you know, FIFA. We don't cover it because it's not science fiction fantasy horror. Politics is the same way. I have I have done my dead level best, and in some cases I've been better at it than others. <coughs> but I have tried to steer us away from outright, blatant political discussions on this channel because it's not the focus of the channel. However, as we've seen with everything else, politics has a way of infecting and infesting everything that we talk about. From Star Trek to Doctor Who to X-Men to Marvel Comics to DC Comics to, to, to Battlestar Galactic. I mean, you just take your pick. I mean, look at, look at the initial interviews that Patrick Stewart did about first season of Picard. It was all about Brexit and Donald Trump. No, tell me a Star Trek story. I, 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 I don't want a political allegory for what's going on right now. It keeps coming up. The topic keeps rearing its ugly head into these conversations. And, I've, and I've, I've tried to keep things focused here on our particular sandbox. This is, this is what we talk about. It's right here. Right here in this, in, this, in this frame right here. This is what we talk about. Politics over, over there. But occasionally it seeps in. Because there are things that are related, that are affected, and it's all, it's all of a piece. But after the Roald Dahl conversation, it came up again. Do we set up a separate political channel? <coughs> Something that would be completely different from sci-fi for me. Sci-fi for me con continues to be just... Science fiction, fantasy, horror. And our options, as I see it, are, one, we keep doing the way we're doing it now, where we just avoid it as much as possible and we don't do anything else and everybody else can talk about it and whatever and whatnot. And we've had, we've had some people, uh, a long while ago, I had somebody decide, I'm, I'm, I'm unsubscribing because you guys talk about politics too much and this is supposed to be a science fiction channel. Okay, yeah. Last week, I think it was, we were talking about the derailment in Ohio and somebody popped in the chat and says, hey, when are we going to talk about science fiction? So there's that. There's, this is option one. We keep doing what we're doing. We avoid politics as much as we can. Y'all can find it other places and talk about it other places. That's option one. Door number two is 
we set up a particular show. RJ at uh, Critical Blast and I were talking about this morning. And he said, well, one, <coughs> one thing you could do is do a show that looks at politics of the modern era and do a little compare and contrast with things from science fiction. So like Star Wars and Hunger Games. And how does this, how does this match? How does this differ? And how does this, where, do, where do we go from here? Where is this particular political situation taking us? Is it, are we going to our utopian future of Star Trek or is this going into Hunger Games? You know, may, may, may the odds be ever in your favor. That's another possibility is just do a show that, does that it's a political discussion filtered through a science fiction thing the other option is to set up a completely separate channel <coughs> and i have made the joke before you know we could do a politics for me show to set a, a, a politics for me channel but then RJ popped off poli sci, and and his was poli sci fi for me. But I'm thinking poli sci. Well, poli sci. That's what I, you know. It's political science. Poli sci for me. And suddenly now my brain is kind of going click 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 click. So those are the three options here. Now, I want to let that simmer. I want to let that stew for a minute. And when we get back, we will have the discussion. We will, we will kick this idea around and kind of take a look at the different things, the merits and the pros and the cons. I don't know. <laughs> Back in a minute. Our transmitters are made from hand wavium. This is Sci Fi for Me Radio. That's a huge question and one that I would rather not answer, but I'm going to answer it. Interviews with writers, filmmakers, artists, and actors. I was just kind of noodling on this very idea, so it's funny you bring it up. Good question. That's a great question. I love this question. Yeah. That's a good question. Count on Sci-Fi for me to be there asking all of the questions. It's a really good question. Bringing you news and opinion from all over the web. Sci-Fi for me, delivering the multiverse since 2009. Good morning, multiverse. Saturday morning at 11, 10 central, only on Sci-Fi for me TV. All right, we've got breaking news just coming over the wire. NPR, the next one to cut jobs. By how many? Mrs. Boss is catching the breaking news. <clears throat> yeah, your mic's on. 
We have breaking news here, NPR. NPR is going to be cutting their workforce down by 10%. 10%? How many is that? Um, that would be... They say more than 700 employees work at the public media firm, so... So, about 100 people? 100. Apparently, they cut their budget, and it wasn't enough. What a shame. They're looking right now, let's say, they had created a plan to address (coughs) a $20 sponsorship revenue fall-off for fiscal year 23. Hang on a second, we're buffering here. Hang on, what's going on here? What's going on here? Why is this? All right, hang on. Let me turn that off, see if that helps. We're buffering, we're buffering. Why are we buffering? Did we lose our internet altogether? No, No. we've got our internet. Why are we, what's going on here? Chat disconnected. Please wait while we try to reconnect you. It looks like we've yeah, lost our internet. Yeah, we just lost our internet because I just got some work stuff. <sighs> well, it appears we have lost our internet connection, which means the live show got interrupted. So we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here for now, but the conversation can continue over on our Discord server. So join us over there. We do have both voice and text channels there for people to continue the conversation. In the meantime, you can leave us a comment, send us an email, live from the bunker at sci fi for me.com. Tomorrow on the program, uh, we will have guests. We'll have a panel discussion. Uh, Sylvia, uh, uh, Sylvia Liu, Serena Strauss, and Dave Luxton will be here to talk about the emerging challenges of artificial intelligence. So join us for that. In the meantime, again, you can leave a comment. Uh, connect with us on various different social media platforms. Your preferred channel is probably there. We're on a lot of them. Like I said, you can join us on the Discord. You can support us through Subscribestar. Connect with us on the various different video platforms, and we will be uh, back live tomorrow. Hopefully, we get our internet back. In the meantime, remember, folks, there are four lights. This has been a presentation of SciFiForMe.com. Copyright 2023 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Sci-Fi For Me Radio. 